Amen. I hope you can see the love in God's eyes as he laid his son down for you as we just, uh, this is the time of the season for us to remember that as last week uh, we capped off an extraordinary week, uh, the greatest week in history, uh, a week in which started um, on Palm Sunday where Jesus triumphantly entered Jerusalem and uh, the Jews are shouting praise to him, shouting, Hosanna, save us now, David, or save us now, Jesus, the son of David. And uh, five days later, as we remembered on uh, Good Friday, uh, the Jews were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And uh, Christ, Christ didn't just die on the cross, but he suffered on the cross for six hours. And he went through a lot of turmoil before then, mocked, spit at, slapped. Uh, struck, he got whipped, uh, he went through it all. And then last Sunday, uh, thank goodness, uh, we were able to celebrate Easter Sunday or the Resurrection Sunday. And that's a day where we get to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because yes, Jesus was dead for, for a short bit, but Jesus, thank goodness, rose victoriously from the grave and he conquered death. And I told you guys last week that Jesus victoriously rising from the grave can serve as a reminder to us that we too one day will victoriously rise from the grave. For when Jesus comes back to this earth, we too will be risen from the dead just like Jesus was 2,000 years ago and we'll be risen to everlasting life and eternal life and we will partake in the pleasures of the kingdom of God. As Jesus, when he comes back to this earth, he will bring God's kingdom here to this earth. And that is the hope that we have as Christians. That one day we too are going to be resurrected just like Jesus and we are going to be able to partake in the pleasures of the kingdom. And so the next couple of weeks we're going to spend time talking about what exactly the kingdom is and, and what it looks like. So to start off, uh, have any of you guys ever played uh, the game of telephone? You know, where, where you get in a circle or something, and uh, th there's a secret, uh, maybe like five or ten people, you get in a circle, and the starting p person, they tell a secret to the person to the right or to the left, and then that person tells a secret to the next, and the secret continues along. And the secret may start off like something like, it's usually kind of funny, and it's like, you smell funny on Fridays. And so they'll, they'll whisper that to all their friends, you smell funny on Fridays, you smell funny on Fridays. And it'll get to the last person, and the last person is supposed to say what they heard. And the last person will say something like, I like tacos. And you go, what? What in the world? That's not at all what I said. I said, you smell funny on tacos. But the last person, the message that he heard was, I like tacos. But that's not at all what was told. And so we see in just a minute or two, we can see how much a message can be changed. That's just in a minute of people telling different people the message that they hear, the message can change dramatically. And the story can get mixed up so fast. And you, you, hear of, you hear of the guy who, yeah, last week I, I caught a fish this big. And then the next week was, yeah, I caught a fish this big. And then a month from now, it's like, I caught a two-yard fish, guys. You'll never believe it. The stories change after time goes by. And now I have a dear, dear, sweet, great grandma. Um, as I've told you guys before, 98, still, still in, in, in decent health. She's living on her own. She, she's driving, for goodness sakes. Um, she, 
She's a very independent woman. She strives to hit the age 106 because her aunt was 105 and she wants to beat her aunt. So all the power to my great-grandma. Now my great-grandma tells a story that she went bowling. And in her first game of bowling, she scored a perfect 300. And she believes it. She is sincere. She sincerely thinks that her first game of bowling, she scored a perfect 300. And I hope my great-grandma is is not going to watch this in the future because I don't believe her. I don't believe her that in her first game ever of bowling that she scored a perfect 300. That's unheard of. But as time goes by, our stories change. And and my great she's not lying. She doesn't think she's lying. She sincerely believes that she scored a perfect 300, and she'll tell all of our family, and we'll go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, right on, Grandma, all the power to you. But we don't believe it because stories change after time, just as we see when we play the game of telephone. The story or, or the sentence, it changes in just a short amount of time. And so in the game of telephone, which lasts maybe a minute, the story changes, or the, the phrase of the sentence can change dramatically. Now think about the grand picture, the, the big scheme of things. When we look at Jesus, who was alive 2,000 years ago, think of all the time that there was for, for his story to have changed. And, th- and this is a very grave danger. It's an evident danger that's been occurring the past 2,000 years. And now don't worry. I did the math for you. But think about it. There's 60 minutes in an hour 24 hours in a day, 365 days in a year, and Jesus lived about 2,000 years ago. You know how many minutes that is? That's over 1 billion minutes ago. Now, 1 billion is a number that we can hardly even fathom. Like, I I doubt you guys could even fathom the number of 1 million, but 1 billion is is way greater than, than 1 million. To help give you guys an idea of how big 1 billion is, If you take a stack of $100 bills, and if you compact it as tight as it can go, a stack of $101 bills is 0.43 inches. That's about yay big. You know, you you put the stack right here, and it's about yay big, 100. That's a lot of of $100 bills right there. If you were to take $1 billion bills, the stack would reach 358,510 feet. Or in miles, that's 67.9 miles high. That's, that's a, a large stack uh, of dollar bills. That, that's starting from the ground, and, and 67.9 uh, miles high, that reached the lower portion of the troposphere, one, one of the Earth's main layers of the atmosphere. That's crazy. One billion is a huge, huge, huge number that we can't seem to comprehend. And if we think about that Jesus was alive over one billion minutes ago, how much has his story and his message could have changed in that time. And that's exactly what I believe has taken place. And it should come as no surprise to us. It should come as no surprise that we see in the game of telephone, a story changes in one minute. But of course, in 2,000 years, people are going to think the message has changed. And everybody has their own idea and what Jesus' ministry, what his gospel message was all about. And everybody hears what everybody else says, and everybody has these different opinions, and, and they just believe what they say without looking at the words themselves. 
And, and this message can get so twisted and it can get so muddied up. And so this morning, I want to go over what exactly was the message that Jesus had to the people around him. And we're going to take a look back in our Bibles to see exactly what Jesus said. Because, because all sorts of people will tell you all sorts of different things and what Jesus' ministry was all about. You, you hear a lot of people who say Jesus' ministry was all about that, you know, when, when you die, you, you go to heaven. Or people may think that his ministry was all about his death and resurrection. Uh, there, there's just so many ideas and what people think Jesus' ministry, what, what he taught to his people was all about. So this morning, we are going to look at the words of Jesus himself and those uh, close to him. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, start in Matthew chapter 3. We're going to spend a good uh, chunk of time here in the book of Matthew. We're, we're going to kind of start from the beginning and go through the end and see what the ministry of Jesus was all about. And now many of these verses I shared with you guys a, uh, a couple of years ago while I was here in the summer um, as they're extremely important. And you can bet that we'll talk about these same verses again in a couple of years from now because these verses that we're about to share are so important. As we're going to see what the message of Jesus and, and, the, and his followers and those close to him was all about. And we need to know this because all sorts of people will tell you all sorts of different things. But we need to see what Jesus himself said that his ministry was all about. So if, so if you have a highlighter or a pen and you like to highlight or underline uh, your Bible, these passages that we'll be reading this morning are fabulous verses for you to highlight or to underline. So the first passage that we'll be reading is Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, and we're just going to read verses 1 and 2. And this is about John the Baptist. John the Baptist uh, was the cousin of Jesus, and he, he was just a smidge older than Jesus. Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, was pregnant at the same time as Mary was pregnant with Jesus. So, so John the Baptist, just a couple months older uh, than Jesus, John the Baptist had one, one main responsibility in his life. And, and that responsibility, that job, was to prepare the way for the Lord. Because if you remember, the Jews were waiting for their Savior to come, the Christ to come, for 2,000 years, or more than 2,000 years, these Jews were waiting for Christ to come. And finally, it was time for Christ to come. And so John the Baptist's job, it was his job to prepare their minds and their hearts for their, for their arrival of their Lord and Savior, Christ, who happened to be Jesus of Nazareth. And so we see in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it reads, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John the Baptist, as, as he's preparing the way for the people to get ready for Jesus, his message was simple. His message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message that John the Baptist had to get ready for, for the Savior was about none other than the kingdom. John the Baptist thought the people needed to hear a message about the kingdom. Because the kingdom was coming and they needed to get ready. They needed to repent for the kingdom was coming. And so that was the message that John the Baptist shared with, with the followers around him uh, to get ready for Christ. It was a message about the kingdom. And if we continue in the story, uh, we see later in the chapter that uh, John the Baptist, he baptizes Jesus. And uh, God tells the people who are present there that this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased 
And then later on we see, we may know the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and was tempted by the devil. Um, because Jesus, uh, being a man, is, is tempted, was tempted just like you and me. And so Jesus withhold that temptation. He, he stood his ground. And so we see and starting, we're just going to read Matthew 4, 17. This is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus didn't really start his earthly ministry until scholars think about the age 30. Jesus spent about the first 30 years of his life uh, training for, for his ministry. And as he was the very beginning of his ministry, Matthew writes in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it states, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So again, this is the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. And it says, from that time, from the very beginning, Jesus was preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message that Jesus spoke from the very beginning of his ministry was none other than about the kingdom. Get ready to repent for the kingdom is coming and you need to be ready. He thought that people needed to hear a message about the kingdom and that is exactly what Christ did. And it says, from the very beginning, he started, you know, like for me, from the age of one, I started to walk. Ever since then, I, I've been walking. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he, he started preaching about the kingdom. And ever since then, he was preaching about the kingdom. Not, not a message about going to heaven when you die, or not a message about his death and resurrection, or a message about anything else. His message was about the kingdom. He started preaching about that from the very beginning of his ministry. If we continue along through, through the book of Matthew again, uh, we see that Jesus delivers the Sermon on the Mount, uh, one of the uh, most well-known sermons, uh, perhaps best sermon ever delivered. Um, and uh, Jesus uh, selects his uh, 12 disciples along the way. Uh, he performs a number of miracles, and he's teaching to all these people. And he's continuing to, throughout the years, he's continuing to teach his disciples and raise up his disciples so that they could uh, minister to the people. And so we pick up in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 7, Jesus is getting ready to send out his 12 disciples to do good works. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, it reads, These 12, the 12 disciples that Jesus had, Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here we see that Jesus, as he's getting his disciples ready uh, to go minister to the people, uh, he wanted, Jesus wanted his disciples to minister uh, to the children of Israel, the Jews, um, before they were to minister to uh, the Gentiles, the, the non-Jewish people. And Jesus said, when you confront this Jew these Jewish people, you're proclaim this simple message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message that Jesus wanted his disciples to share to, to everybody, to the nations, was the message about the kingdom. Over and over and over again, we see, we see this message of the kingdom at the heart of the life of John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus, at the heart of Jesus himself, the Savior, the Christ, and at the heart of Jesus' disciples, the people who were his closest followers. 
And so over and over again, we see this constant theme of the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. That's what they talked about. That's what they talked about. Many, many people seem to think that Jesus' ministry was all about his death, his death and resurrection. That he would have been uh, telling people all the way from the beginning that, listen guys, I'm going to die for your sins and on the third day I'm going to rise victoriously from the grave. No doubt that's very important and it's a very important message. But that wasn't the message of Jesus. We see in Matthew chapter 16... Matthew chapter 16, after Jesus is teaching more to, to the Pharisees and to the Jews and to his disciples, performing a few more miracles, miracles. Uh, this takes place about two-thirds the way into Jesus' ministry. And in Matthew chapter 16, we'll read just verses 21 and 22. Jesus is talking to just his disciples, not to a large crowd or anything. And it says in verse 21, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. So here we see two-thirds the way into Jesus' ministry is when Jesus began that's just when he began to, to share with his disciples, with those he was closest to, that he was going to have to die and rise victoriously on that third day. And Peter was Jesus' closest disciple. I would bet that Peter was Jesus' best friend. And Peter was so unfamiliar with this idea that Jesus were to die and be raised on the third day that he began to rebuke his friend. He began to rebuke his teacher, his master, his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He rebuked him because he, had no, he, he, didn't, he didn't know that Christ was supposed to die for the sins of the world because Christ wasn't talking about that. Christ wasn't talking about his death and resurrection throughout his ministry. Christ was talking about the kingdom. The kingdom, that was the heart of Jesus' message. It was all about the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And it was so crazy to Peter to think that his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the king, were to have to die for the sins of the world because Christ wasn't really sharing that with them at that time. And it wasn't until two-thirds away into his ministry that he began to show his disciples that he, he was going to die and be resurrected on that third day. Through the, through the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see the word kingdom occur 121 times. That's incredible. And about 60 chapters in your Bible, 60 chapters all about Jesus and his ministry and the message that he had for the people, it was all about the kingdom. 121 times the word kingdom occurs in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the three books that are all about the life and ministry of Jesus. And so people nowadays, they'll tell you all sorts of things as far as what Jesus' ministry was all about. And, and don't believe my word more, more than anybody else. Don't, don't believe your neighbor's word over anybody else. Don't believe your parents. Don't, don't believe that. Believe Jesus' words himself. Believe the words of the Bible that state that the message of Jesus the message of John the Baptist, the message of his disciples was all about the kingdom. And we can see through this the importance that the kingdom had in their life. 
as they talked about the kingdom over and over and over again. And we can see the importance that it had to them. And today, so, so unfortunately, today, the message of the kingdom seems to be lost among Christianity. There's very few people talking about the message of the kingdom. And that's such a shame because we can see that the message of the kingdom was at the heart of the message of Jesus and John the Baptist and his disciples. And if you're still not convinced that this was the heart of his message, the heart of his ministry, then we need not look further than Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, just, just two books later, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 4, and we're just going to read one verse, verse 43. Jesus is uh, teaching to a group of Jews in, in their town, and uh, they, they, they didn't want Jesus to leave them. But we see, and are actually going to read two verses, 40, 42 and 43. It says, And when it was day, he being Jesus departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. So here Jesus is talking to a group of people, and these people is like, Jesus, please, please don't leave us. We love your company. We love your teachings. We love the miracles that, that you're performing. Please don't leave us. And Jesus says, I have to leave. I have to leave. I have to tell these other people about the, the good news of the kingdom. For I was sent for this purpose. Jesus was sent to this earth for the purpose of sharing the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Those are the words of Jesus himself, that he was sent to preach the good news of the kingdom. And so we can see how much they valued the message of the kingdom 2,000 years ago. And somehow, like a real-life game of telephone, Somehow, over the span of 2,000 years, Christianity has lost that message. They've lost the message of the kingdom, the heart of Jesus' ministry, the heart of his message, the heart of the gospel message. And somehow, we, we've lost that message. Pe people aren't sharing that message too much anymore. Somewhere along the road, somewhere along those 2,000 years, people decided that there are more important matters at hand than to speak about the kingdom. And now fortunately, over like the past 20, 25, 40, 50 years, there starts to be a revival again. Not, not, just, not just in the church of God either. It, it, it's, it's a bit spreading throughout all of Christianity. People are starting to talk about the kingdom again. There's starting to be a revival again, and people of all denominations are starting to talk about the kingdom again. And that brings me so much joy. That brings me so much joy that people are beginning to go back to the message, to go back to the ministry that Jesus shared his entire life during his ministry, because his message was about the kingdom. And people are coming back to that message. And that should bring us so much joy. So much joy that people are starting to talk about this message of the kingdom because it was so important as God is going to make everything wrong with this world right in the coming kingdom. It's a message to be excited about. 
And this message is starting to be revived again. People are starting to talk about it. And I want to be a church that is filled with people that is part of the revival of sharing the gospel message of the kingdom with our friends, with our families, with our coworkers, with, with our friends at school, our teachers, whomever it may be. I want to be a church that is filled with people who are so excited about the kingdom that they have to share with their friends and family this message of the kingdom. Because it was so important to Jesus that that's what his ministry was all about, is about the kingdom. And if Jesus' message and ministry was about the kingdom, then you bet we, we better be talking about the kingdom as well to our friends and family. And, and I, it, it's my fear that your friends and families, my, my friends and, and, and such, those people that, that we relate to, it's my fear that they aren't familiar with the message of the kingdom, which is such a huge shame. Because that, again, was the message of Jesus. It was so important to the life of Jesus. And so thus far, it better be important in our life. And we better be sharing that message with others. And I hope that this morning I properly demonstrated that Jesus valued the message of the kingdom. That that was the center, the core of his message. As John the Baptist, as he was preparing the way, he talked about the kingdom. Jesus Christ himself talked about the kingdom. And Jesus instructed his disciples, his followers, which by the way, you are Christ's disciples, you are Christ's followers. Jesus instructed them to preach the message of the kingdom. And I, and I hope I have properly demonstrated this morning the importance of the message of the kingdom back in the time of Jesus. And we need to bring that importance back today. Today, in, in 2019, we need to bring the importance of the kingdom back. And I want to be a church that's filled with people that's part of the revival and getting people excited for the kingdom. And I hope that you, you as, as God's children, I hope that you seek to learn more about God's kingdom because the, God's coming kingdom can, can be a, a somewhat confusing topic at times because not too many people talk about it outside of maybe here. And I hope that you seek to want to learn more about the kingdom because we're going we're gonna to spend a couple of weeks talking about the pleasures and the joys and delight we'll have in participating in God's kingdom. And I hope that you're excited to hear what's in store for us if we give our life over to God, if we give our life over to Christ, and we will be resurrected just like Jesus did 2,000 years ago, and we will have a never-ending celebration with God and Jesus themselves in God's coming kingdom. For we are a church that exists to grow closer to God and expand his coming kingdom. Let's pray. Father God, I, I just thank you so much for uh, the word that we have, the scripture, your Bible that we have today. That we can see the words from the lip of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself. And we can see the words that his disciples spoke, a message about your coming kingdom. Father, I just pray that uh, this is a church that is filled with people who is excited about your kingdom. And that excitement encourages them to, to give their life over to you and your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you give us the, the boldness, the, the courage to, to tell our friends and family the message, the good message, the gospel message of the kingdom. Father, we long for that day. We long for the day when Jesus Christ comes back to bring your coming kingdom. 
We love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.